Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Tara. Hi, I'm Andrew. This is part 47 in our 3,726 part series, wherein we choose a movie completely at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, do some research, and tell you what we thought and learned. I think now we're just doing the first part with more energy to make it sound even more drastically different when we have the second part. <laughs> when we've lost all <laughs> Yeah. Just like, oh, everybody, we're back from watching the movie. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, we pick a movie at random. As long as it is a movie that neither of us have seen, we are honor-bound to watch it. And, um, yeah, so this week it is Tara's turn to pick a movie. Yeah. And so if you will kindly shut your eyes, I will start flipping through the book. So you just let me know. Just stop. Stop. I don't know why I had to clap that time. You've picked Pumping Iron from what? 1977. No! What? It's supposed to be pretty interesting. So okay. it's, it's the documentary uh, that kind of introduced Arnold Schwarzenegger oh. to the world. Okay, so, well, carry on. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty ridiculous from, <laughs> from what I understand. Pumping Iron. This is like the thing I'm most interested about Yeah. for anybody who knows me. Well, we'll get to the <laughs> calibration here in a moment. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Let, me, uh, let me read the description from the guide fascinating documentary about the world of competitive bodybuilding young lou ferrigno is the sympathetic underdog who challenges the reigning champion arnold schwarzenegger the champ offers ferrigno mentorly tips then confesses to the camera that he is purposely giving bad advice Ooh. shameful shameful that's my uh, editorial interjection <laughs> perhaps the most telling image is when the aryan adonis schwarzenegger is waited on by several black waiters in apartheid era south africa Without any apparent moral discomfort. Oh, God. Hey, okay. Well, uh, I think uh, we need to yeah. do a how racist is this movie going to be. I think we already have a pretty good idea. But, <laughs> um, Ferrigno's dad, Matty, is also an interesting character as he transparently tries to live through his more successful son. Yeesh. <laughs> Morning. There's an extremely bad song in the opening credits. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> Wow, I am so excited to see this movie. Yeah, this is going to be uh, interesting. So <laughs> let's uh, do some calibration, which is the part of the episode where we talk about our familiarity with the genre or uh, what we think we can expect to feel. Well, I'm certainly familiar with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and Lou Ferrigno. Yes. To a lesser degree, but still aware. I like documentaries. He was the Hulk. Yeah, he was the Hulk indeed. We're both big fans of bodybuilding, just in general, oh, is yeah. the main thing. We're just so, all I mean, about the games. Yeah, it's not going to tell us anything we don't already know, yeah, I feel. Yeah, You should see us. We're just like piles of muscles covered in fake tan. Eating fistfuls of creatine. Yep, yep. yep. Just, uh... We live for uh, protein powder. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What did that cord make you think of? It just makes me think of protein powder. That's something not... of a freaky fucker, man. <laughs> If you guys haven't seen the clickhole video that uh, was done with Wynn Butler from Arcade Fire, it is a delight. It, it is will, a treat and a delight. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say? So while bodybuilding might not be something I'm into in general, uh, I'm always interested in documentaries about like Shit subcultures and, you know, yeah. Especially, I mean, like, we didn't really have any strong feelings about wrestling necessarily before we watched... Yeah, Beyond uh, the Mat. Beyond the Mat, yeah, and we both ended up liking that quite a bit, so... Yep. I, I feel actually optimistic about this. Me too. But I feel actually optimistic about All the King's Men. Um, so... Uh, 
We shall see. Yeah. So we don't know when to be optimistic or not. Yeah. We just do it randomly. We're just optimistic in general, and then our (laughs) hopes are crushed. Hence why our energy levels are typically so low after our musical interlude. Yes. um, Speaking of which... (laughs) Please enjoy this musical interlude, after which we'll be back with our thoughts and opinions on Pumping Iron. Editing my part out of that. Uh, that no, you're atonal. not. Hey, like, no, that's not. Hey, hey we're back. <laughs> we're back. Yay! Uh. <laughs> so we watched the pump and okay, let's film. Uh, this, yeah, welcome to our musical episode. <laughs> yeah, yep, 47, that's a musical episode. Everybody knows it's a musical anniversary for podcasts. So, uh, we have a five-point rating scale, uh, ranging from don't watch to maybe don't watch to eh, to maybe watch, and then at the top of the charts, don't not watch. And uh, so, on the count of three, we will simultaneously reveal our rating. Do you have a rating in mind? I sure do. Okay. Do you? Yeah, I think. Yeah. So one, two. Three. Maybe, Maybe watch. watch. Yep. All right. Uh, and that concludes this podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> maybe just watch it. Just maybe watch just it. Maybe, you maybe even... watch. You know. Just maybe watch the movie. Yeah. And then you don't even need to hear us don't, talk. Yeah, yeah, oh wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm putting us out of a not monetized position. Yeah. You're you're uh, devaluing the eight <laughs> hours it takes for us to do each episode of this fucking thing. Um. Anyway. Um, that aside. So yeah. Uh. It's it's pretty good. It's it's considered a, a classic for good reason. Yeah. I feel. For sure. Uh, cult classic. I didn't realize you joined a cult. Cult of bodybuilding, yeah. We're, we're way into it now. Yeah. We're just, we had to stop doing reps so we could record this real quick, but as soon as well, this is done, back at it. We stopped doing some reps. I mean, we're doing, we're doing like mini reps, finger reps. Yeah. You know. You know, the muscliest you gotta fingers. Have to- <laughs> That's like the part that you don't really learn too much about in Pumping Iron is like, the amount of work people put into muscling up their fingers. Um, I'm going to get a whole bunch of weights, go to the clown motel, start working out, <laughs> eating a bunch of raw meat. Yep. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, the the movie. I mean, yeah. do you have any pre-plot pre, pre uh, plot discussion thoughts about the movie? I don't know that there's really much to discuss before we really get into it. Yeah, I mean, I think the music, we'll talk about the theme oh, here we'll talk about that. in a second, but just but, uh, in general, the music and the, the just glistening. in general, very, male very, bodies. very 70s and very... It felt like it could turn into a porno movie at any second, is how I felt. Like, yeah, there was a lot of oiled men, a lot of grunting. <laughs> a, lot, um, a lot of really corny music. Yeah, and... You know, I wonder how that occurred to audiences at the time. Like, did that thought even occur to them? Well, I saw a quote from the guy, the, the random magazine, saying, like, 
all homosexuals are into bodybuilders, but the bodybuilders are into women with big tits and blah, blah, blah. They're not gay. And it's like, okay, guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw that, but it doesn't, you know, it didn't really tell me too much about like how people reacted, what they got out of the movie in terms of like how porny it seems. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there isn't a lot of discussion about that makes me suspect that. Suspect. Suspect. <laughs> Uh, if we stop every time I say something wrong, it's going to be a long episode, so we just have to push through. We're just going to keep saying suspense. Suspense. That makes me think. I started to say suspect and think as one word, apparently. Yes. Uh, it makes me think that it wasn't a thing, what people thought about, really, at the time. Yeah, I guess maybe 70s porn cliches were not such a... <laughs> a commonplace uh, yeah not, uh, not in the zeitgeist as much right at the time <laughs> yeah for whatever weird reason anyways anyway. shall we get into it uh yeah so the film starts with quite a beautiful song by a fellow named michael small M- michael small yeah should we just like roll some of that I think beautiful we just need footage? A, yes uh let's let's just play a little bit of the theme so you can i'm just gonna give you a little taste yeah So pump it up now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in retrospect, everybody wants to live forever. Everybody is trying to be like their dad, and so. <laughs> oh. Uh, and that concludes this episode. Uh, yeah. Podcast canceled. Um, <laughs> uh, so that song is going on with a lot of vintage footage of early 20th century bodybuilders. So after the wonderful opening sequence, we meet a young Austrian fellow by the name of Arnold and his bunch of bulky bodybuilding buds. Who like to um, hang out at the beach and go to Gold's Gym all the time. And and they all have nicknames like Big Tony and Big Mike. It made me think of Eric Andre's show where he's ranching it up. And he's like, oh, hey, I know you. You're Big Mike. So Big Mike. Yeah. Just that's their, their nickname <laughs> policy. Just like Big and then Big and then their, their name. Yeah. So Big Andy, let me uh, just continue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> So, I mean, there's not a lot to say, like, without actually going into repeating quotes from people, but Arnold's really just kind of trying to explain his history with bodybuilding, like, how he got into it, his upbringing in Austria with strict parents, and um, and how he just saw these bodybuilders in movies, and he was just fascinated with them, and he's like, I want to be like that, so... Started working out when he was like 15 or something. Eventually was able to move to the States, which is what his dream had always been. And, uh, you know, he's just living the good life in Southern California. And um, bodybuilding is so great because it's just like coming. Yeah. Uh, So here's a direct quote from Arnold. If you've heard about the movie, you've probably heard this quote. I think it's one of the more well-known things from the movie, but uh, it bears repeating. Yeah. It's as satisfying to me as a coming is, you know, as a having sex with a woman and coming. So you can believe how much I am in heaven. 
I am like uh, getting the feeling of coming in a gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. And I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up. When I pose in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. I mean, terrific, right? So you know I'm in heaven. Before this, he describes like the the pump as like a sensation of his skin exploding, and I was like writing something down about that. Like I think I was gonna say how it sounded terrifying, and then right. I started talking about coming, and then like my notes say <laughs> your skin is going to explode. Is described as uh, Arnold's talking about how it's like coming, and now I forget what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> like it just totally that, that quote just totally derailed my train of thought. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just like the blood flowing in and your skin just like getting really tight and it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna burst through my skin. Yeah. Like That sounds horrible. That really does not sound pleasant. I I don't understand how that feels like a sexual orgasmo. Well, we'll find out. I mean with all this experience. working out that we're doing now. But yeah, um, with all this pumping up. Arnold's talking about his past and talking about coming, and then we see some of the other bodybuilders that he trains with. At Gold's Gym, uh, like Mike Katz is this school teacher who I guess had played on the Jets, I think, previously. Yeah, New York Jets. New York Jets, and then he had had to stop playing football. And um, so he's a school teacher and still doing bodybuilding competitions. And he seems like a very nice guy, not like a, you know, not a jackass. Yeah, or... Right, right. And so we see him, and then we see a couple of the other guys. Uh, like, And there's this scene where one of the other bodybuilders, Ken Waller, is like throwing a football around with his pals. And they're talking about the Mr. Universe competition that both he and Mike Katz are going to compete in. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to psych him out. I'm going to steal his shirt. And that's going <laughs> to real mess him up. They show the footage and Mike Katz is backstage, like, wandering around like, where's my shirt? And they're like, oh, that Ken Waller, he he got him. He's like, yeah, Ken Waller probably took it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they, they show the competition and, and Mike Katz comes in fourth. And Ken Waller wins, and they show Mike Katz backstage, and he's pretty clearly bummed out and talking about how usually when he leaves for these events, he comes back with something that he can show his son. Like, hey, you know, I was away, but this is what I came back with. So he has nothing this time, and it's, it's sad. You feel bad for him. He's yeah. like, at the same time, he's really happy for Ken Waller for winning. Like, he's like, oh, that's, that's great, man. I remember how that felt when I won. And you're just like, oh, man, this guy's so like, nice. Yeah, it's just, it's... I think it's super genuine. Like, you really yeah. get this feeling that he was truly happy for Ken Waller. Yeah. Um, He's like, oh, I gotta go out there and congratulate him. I gotta go get my shirt back. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> uh, you, you poor guy. Yeah. It's, it's very sweet. Yeah. Um, And then, I think shortly after this, we uh, meet Lou Ferrigno, who is portrayed as being Arnold's rival uh, in the, the upcoming Mr. Olympia competition that's going to be taking place in Pretoria, South Africa. And so there's scenes of the two of them going back and forth with their various workout routines, like Lou working out in this dingy underground gym, like a dungeon, basically. And then yeah, Arnold, like wood-paneled. Yeah, and he seems like really almost kind of monstrous at first, because he's as big, if not bigger, than Arnold, right? Well, they, they yeah, say and, and he, he was, like, bigger, weighed the most, was tallest. Right. And... So yeah, he was a big guy and seen as possibly the person who would topple Arnold's reign. Yeah, and he's he's like working out and he's like grunting Arnold's name as motivation to keep him going, like working past his breaking point with the with the reps and just like so just like Arnold, Arnold, and like oh, this is a little weird, but okay. Right. Like I didn't know this about Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know much about Lou Ferrigno. Uh, yeah, to be, to fair, be totally fair, but... I didn't know much about him except that he played the Hulk. Yes. Um. 
And so we see him working out, and his dad is kind of this overbearing guy. Kind of show dad? Yeah, kind of. A and, little. And he's, like, giving this dumb guy pep talk to, to him about, like, getting out there and beating Arnold and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it, it really sounds like the kind of inspirational speech that somebody who is not good at... Inspirational speeches. <laughs> inspirational speeches would come up with, yeah. And so there, there's kind of a lot of back and forth between the two gyms, and we see, like, Arnold kind of feeling things out with people, finding out what people know about Liu, uh, like the state that he's in, and there, there's a scene where a bunch of the bodybuilders are hanging out with Arnold, and they're talking about him, and this guy is telling Arnold, well, you know, you're, you're like the king of the hill, and the king of the hill really can only go down. I think, and, <laughs> yeah and, and arnold i think it's arnold that's like yes or or stay up <laughs> yeah like, that was totally arnold yeah it's like, like or i could just stay at the top of the hill yeah and then one of the other guys is like yeah that's the other option i'm like <laughs> uh, you guys here it's it's just it's dumb in a charming kind of way it's, right. it's pretty funny yeah um it's somewhere in there where he talks about how he had always dreamt about being like a kind of powerful famous person like jesus or a dictator yeah and we're like, Whoa, that's uh, yeah those... arnold it started to take a little bit of a turn yeah <laughs> we're like those are your two uh reference points jesus or a dictator yeah ah uh, yeah <laughs> kind of kind of uh troubling wait a minute what country did you come from uh, uh, hmm. not gonna draw any conclusions there, but, uh, but just like maybe interesting away. interesting uh thing to say that you're you know you admire dictators for their strength. Yeah, if you're hmm. from that part of the world, maybe don't uh, maybe, uh, talk about how great dictators are. But <laughs> right. Yeah. What are you going to do? So Arnold also starts kind of talking about how he treats competitors, what he does to try and psych them out or giving them bad advice. So he mm. tells this really great story about how someone came to him for advice and this guy said um he'd already mastered all the poses that were sort of like the the standard poses and asked arnold for advice on like the new thing to do and arnold tells this guy oh well it's it's screaming so basically like when your hands are down low you start with a low scream yeah. and as they go up you do a higher scream yeah. so it's like whoa and and he's like but don't tell anybody you're doing this like you know you want to keep it a surprise you'll be the first person in europe to do it it's like it's the thing in america but nobody's doing it in europe yet so so go there and like be the first yeah you're gonna do it and it's gonna knock knock their socks off they're just gonna be blown away and so arnold's like yeah so don't don't talk to anybody about it like Thinking to himself, really, oh my god, please don't let anybody blow this, because it'd <laughs> yeah. be amazing yeah. to watch this happen. Right. So, for real, the guy goes into the competition, and he he starts screaming as soon as he gets on the stage, and uh, he gets pulled off and by the hosts or whatever, the organization hosting the competition, and he's like, Arnold, help! Explain! <laughs> Tell them what's going on! What the hell? <laughs> And, uh, nothing to explain. He just, he played played you, you fool. Yeah, I mean, in in one way, it's like, wow, what a total dick move. But at the same time, like, that's amazing. And I I would give so much money to watch footage of this happen. Yeah, it must have been very, just Oh my god. 
seeing Arnold trying to keep himself composed while that was <laughs> happening, I imagine, would, would, have, would have been very funny. Like, if you saw that in a movie, you'd be like, oh, that would, could never happen. Yeah. But just, oh my god, I would But it I did, would, apparently. It did, apparently happen. And it sounds like a magical time. <laughs> I really wish I could have seen. Yeah. Um, Arnold also kind of goes into you know, what he does mentally himself. And, he, he, you know, he references that he studied psychology and he kind of turns off his emotions leading up to competition. So, like, he doesn't have room for romantic relationships and, and different things. And he's just completely focused on the mission of, like, preparing and, and hopefully winning whatever competition he's training for. Mm-hmm. So... He talks about how his mom called him to say that his uh, father passed away. And he was just like, oh, okay. And his mom's like, oh, aren't you going to come to the funeral? And Arnold's like, no, I can't. I've got a competition in two months. And and then Arnold talks about like how his girlfriend thought it was like so cold and couldn't believe it. And he's just like, well, it's just kind of what you got to do. You just turn off your emotions. And uh, you're like, just, oh, somebody stole shit. my car. I wouldn't even care. I just wouldn't even like... care. I'd just be like. Call Whatever. Ins- yeah, call, Just call insurance, insurance company. company and move on. Yeah. Which, I mean, that part of it, like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. yeah. He, he kind of, like, he has this kind of heel persona almost. He, yeah, he does. He's, he's like, it, it really starts, I think, coming out at this point in the movie. But at of... the same time, like, he's, he's saying these things that are pretty damning, I think, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. But somehow he also has this charisma yeah like for and he seems like pretty charming for the most part yeah you know and it's so it's just like this interesting dichotomy and i wonder like how much of that is colored by the fact that you know that we know so much about him after the fact too it's like oh he's not a jerk he's He's not yeah yeah so it's yeah but even in the movie yeah you're right he doesn't like you're not like this guy's an asshole it's just like oh it's like ooh, he's a land of contrast yeah At this point, we get to Pretoria, South Africa, which is where the Mr. Olympia competitions are being held. And Arnold is doing whatever he can to psych out Lou. Um, So, like, he's at breakfast with Lou and his dad, and he starts... He's just, like, saying little things to try and intimidate him or yeah, to be, like... and it's not overt, either. No, it's like not he's... for the most part. Like, he he does say, like, okay, Lou, you have to tell me, you know, I'm the best and, yeah. you know, like, I'm gonna win and all this. And so he, he sort of, like, cajoles him into this. And so Lou is actually coming out and saying, yes, Arnold, you're the best. Yeah. You're the best. Yeah. And, um, you know, things like that. Um, he's taking little digs at him, like it seems yeah, like just a... little little minor jabs, and, yeah. and not anything too crazy or too too aggressive, but you know, little things like they're working out before the competition in this little room, and Lou's sort of like grunting as he's lifting, and Arnold's like, "Shh, you gotta be quiet in here. It's like a church in here." Whatever, like, sort of trying to get at him in little ways. Uh, yeah, and because he's a champ, you know, it's like his word is almost, like, God. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. And so, yeah, it, it just kind of all adds into this jerky side to him that the movie plays up. So, sure enough, the competition happens, and Arnold wins, and Lou comes in third. So after everybody receives their awards, uh, there's a little press conference and Arnold's like, okay, guys, uh, I'm retiring from professional bodybuilding now. It's been great. 
But peace out. I'm ready to to move on to the next thing. And fair enough. And you have to kind of wonder if the fix is in with the results a little bit. I mean, Arnold's you obviously have to want, yeah. very like impressive in terms of his, his body and his yeah. posing techniques and all that. But also yeah. there there was like the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger, like when they yeah, when they announced seems like there's some bias there, guys, but Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean I mean you can't really begrudge him too much because yeah, he is very impressive and he yeah. was like at the top of his game. Yeah. Blah blah blah. So yeah, Arnold wins. Hooray. All of his little intimidation techniques, who knows what impact those did or did not have. Immediately following the competition and the award ceremony, they're all hanging out in this back room. And we find out it was Lou's birthday. So yeah. Arnold's like, yeah, we have a cake. We're singing for him. And, and they're like, give a speech, Lou. He's like, oh, I, just want, like I just want him to eat my cake. Yeah, just let me eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, Lou. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, pretty charmingly, the movie ends with Arnold sitting between Lou and his dad on a bus and talking about, like, how he wants to go to their house and, like, have have his mom cook dinner. Like, yeah, maybe I'll marry your sister. Yeah, like, they're just, like, joking around yeah. or whatever. And, like... There, there's no, like, hard feelings between them. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just... They totally understood that, yeah. you know, you do what you do in competition mode. And then afterwards, they've got this bond. Yeah. So, and it, yeah. It, and it's nice. And then, like, at the very end, Arnold's like, oh, Big Lou. And we're like, oh, that's that's kind of a nice throwback. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, Pump and Iron. I, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, me too. So, kind of like, I knew I'd find it fascinating, but I think I was surprised how charmed I was, considering I'm not like, I'm really not into bodybuilding. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing, <laughs> yeah, it's not the kind of thing you expect to be charmed no, by. No, like, not at all. I'm like, oh, you fellas. Uh, you, you rascals. You, you rapscallions. You got us. Yep. Yep. So yeah, uh, moving into yeah what we learned. So I tried to be really careful when we were discussing the plot or the things that happened in it to not call it a documentary because, you know, even though it, it's... There's a twist. Even though, uh, you know, a lot of things in this movie were actual events or based on real people or whatever, there was a lot of stories that weren't necessarily true or weren't necessarily... They were, they were blown up and made, they yeah. made bigger than the movie made them out to be. Yeah, some things were really, like, dramatized or um, other things were added to make it look like something was a bigger thing or add more tension yeah. um, than there actually was, but... So we'll just go over a couple of those real yeah. quickly here. Uh, first, Arnold did go to his father's funeral and, like, did actually go and talk with him shortly before he died, so that whole story about him being kind of cold-blooded when it comes to a competition like that that wasn't true are you 100 percent sure i'm pretty sure yeah. that he went to the funeral because i saw yeah. some you are okay yeah like there's something where um george butler said that it was true but then arnold said that it wasn't i'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that that was and i mean there are things that said that he, he took that yeah. story from, some, from another from a, like a boxer yeah another thing i guess is the the whole scandal of ken waller stealing or hiding Mike Katz's shirt before uh, the Mr. Universe competition. And apparently, you know, his shirt was missing. And then after the competition, the filmmakers 
filmed the scene with Ken Waller hanging out with some of his other bodybuilding buddies saying that he was going to steal it to yeah. psych him out. Yeah. And so it's like, ah! It, it felt a little forced, like for something that yes. simple to be like, I'm going to plot this out ahead of time like that. Like, ooh, I'm going to really burn him. Yeah, like even during the movie, I'm like, that seems a little... Uh, cartoonish. A little cartoonish, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was a little suspect while we were watching it, but yeah, it's something they made up. Right. Like, right in the opening credits, they say it's based on a book. Yeah. And I was like, how is this based on a book if it's a documentary? Like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so. But I mean, the book was, like, based on Arnold. Okay. So I didn't look up too much about the book. I, I didn't look up too much either, but that's what I understood. Like, it was, okay. like, a, a nonfiction book about Arnold and the oh, bodybuilding scene. So fair enough. Yeah. The idea of a documentary being based on a book is yeah, it's, it's kind of an odd idea. Weird. Yeah. I guess if you're talking about something historical, like it's like a historical documentary, that's one thing. But considering there, it was all with like contemporary footage, like shot with the people, not like talking, not you know interviews post retrospective something or yeah, looking at it retrospectively, it was right. a little odd to yeah. me. So learning these things weren't all necessarily 100% factual as written or as told. I yeah. think makes more sense. And like, like some things were just punched up. Yeah, like the the competition between Leo and Arnold really was not as organic as the movie kind of makes it seem. Like it, it I think, largely sprung from the filmmakers. Not even the filmmaker. Tried like to... no, I mean, I mean that was the filmmakers built built it up, but it originally came from the guy that did the the main bodybuilding magazine at the time. Like he's oh. like, oh, I, you know, there's only so many stories that I can write about Arnold dominating this competition. Like we need this this up and coming guy to kind of be this rival figure and that'll give us something that will give us stuff to actually write about for our, our, our magazine. And then, and then, yeah, like the filmmakers were playing it up too. And they, I guess originally thought that Lou was going to be this kind of antagonistic, like a villain, right? Like they were paying him to be a villain. He was going to take down, trying to take down the hero. Right. And I think a lot of that was, he was a bigger guy than Arnold was like, Oh, this big kind of, dark haired brute guy is gonna take down the champion and it's like working in this working out in this basement right in the dark. right and it's like oh no, actually he's a very nice guy and he's he's got a kind of a hearing impairment and he just seems like a real kind of shy almost sort of guy who's not you know malicious at all he just right. likes working out and, and stuff and it's like oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know i honestly didn't know that lou frigno had a hearing impairment until we watched this, like, I just figured he had, like, an interesting speech impediment, not, mm-hmm. like, a hearing impairment. So, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and, and Lou's dad, uh, like, in the movie, they make the, him out to see, like, like he's this stage dad. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's really, not, like, not. He, that was something they really kind of inserted kind of into pushed. the movie. Like, they'd ask him to, like, say stuff, like. Give him this kind of pep talk. And so he was trying to like, okay, so I was trying to say things that I thought they wanted to hear. Right, right. Like, there's this, on the DVD that we got, the, there was a documentary about the making of it. And they're like, oh, yeah, a lot of this stuff was just for kind of dramatic purposes. Like, and even Arnold was saying like, yeah, I was kind of playing up this heel. prankster heel figure a bit in the movie. They, I just was really going for that, not actually being 100% myself necessarily so yeah and I think he said in the making of thing that he kind of regretted a little bit of it too and or not even just him like I think Ken Waller too right 
I think he was regretting how he looked with the whole t-shirt thing. Like, people would start booing him after that. Like, after seeing the movie, he was getting booed at competitions. Yeah. Like, you asshole. Yeah. And it, I think he kind of, he thought it was kind of funny at first. But yeah, there's only right. so much uh, humor you can find in that if it's happening pretty consistently. Oh, yeah. If it's like the, the main thing that people know you for. So yeah, a lot of it, uh, you know, aside from the stuff in South Africa, a lot of it was manipulated by the filmmakers to make it more dramatic, which is fine. Like, it, it's not right. entirely made up out of whole cloth or anything. They, they call it a docudrama for a reason, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and something that I thought was pretty fascinating, uh, which also deals with manipulating the, the truth a bit, was that uh, the scene where Lou and his family are sitting around the dining table arguing with one another inspired this uh, British rock journalist, Nick Cohen, to write a story for New York Magazine called Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night, which uh, eventually became the basis for a little movie you may have heard of called A Saturday Night Fever. Right. Uh, which is insane. insane. And, I had no idea. Yeah, it just, like, what? So I guess the, the article uh, that he wrote was also very heavily fictionalized. Um, it came out after the fact, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, though, because you did see the scene in Pumping Iron where Lou went, my hair. <laughs> my hair, yeah, I was thinking that, too. <laughs> uh. Uh, so when we watched Raw Iron, one thing that I was really um, surprised by is that the filmmakers had initially hired Bud Court to be in there as sort of like have Arnold try to coach him yeah, and on bodybuilding. If you don't know, like Bud Court uh, was an actor who was in like Brewster McCloud and who like would later uh, be in Harold and Maude. Maude yeah. And, you know, like that not one. not a very bulky okay. guy. <laughs> so he was making the movie and then like saw some of the footage and he was like, you know, I don't think that you want me in this because it's just distracting and you really just should focus on the story of Arnold and Lou and these, these bodybuilders. Like I'm just a distraction. And he gave the money back to the filmmakers that they were going to pay him and said, put this back into whatever you need to do with making this film. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, that's, 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 that's nice. That's, yeah, very, very nice of him. Yeah. And the stuff they showed in the, the raw iron thing with him in it was actually pretty funny. It, it was. Been, it would have been really was, funny to see that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he probably, he knew he was right. And especially when it came to like giving the money back to the filmmakers because they were in pretty rough shape apparently when they came back from the Mr. Olympia competition. Like they're talking about it, how like when they came back, George Butler was saying that his credit cards are maxed out and he was getting regular like personal phone calls every day from the credit card companies because he had one of the highest balances on his credit cards out of anybody at the time. And uh, so they were in pretty, pretty bad shape after they had all this footage uh, in the can. And so what they eventually ended up doing was to have like an art exhibit with bodybuilders at the uh, Whitney Museum of American Art. They had like Arnold and a couple of the other bodybuilders on rotating daises and like commentators comparing their physiques to ancient sculptures and, and things like that. And they just done it with the anticipation, like, oh, this will bring us some money. You might get like maybe 500 people in to, to see this thing. And so that'll be helpful. And instead they had 2,500 people, if not more, show up to see this, this exhibit. 
Yeah, which uh, apparently was like a really snowy day too. And so they, when when they looked at the window at first, like, oh shit, nope, like we'll be lucky if we get ten people. Yeah. With this weather, and yep, yeah, no, there was a line down the block. And like it got to the point where people, instead of like trying to put the money in the cash register, they were just like having to throw it on the ground. That's how popular it was. Yeah. Which is just like... So there was like an actual pile of money. Yeah. Crazy. And also Candice Bergen was doing commentary on it. They hired her to commentate on on the exhibit. But um, yeah, that was pretty smart on their part. And that helped them get the additional financing covered that they needed to to finish the movie up. Yeah, like investors saw, oh wait, there is actually a lot of interest in these guys. Yeah. So, cha-ching! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I think the the only other thing that was worthy of mentioning is that there, there was like they talked about how there's a hundred hours of footage that were filmed when when they're filming the movie, and the movie itself is like an hour and a half or something. I right. Think. One of the things that got cut though was uh, a, a clip of George Butler talking to Lou and talking about what his ambitions were, and, and Lou was like, "I just really want to play the Hulk." Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> you, you did it. Good job. Just, like, it's so funny that that's what he wanted to do, and done. Like, yeah. he, he made it. Made good it happen. for you, Lou. Yeah, good, good job. Good for you. Yeah, so Pump and Iron, well worth checking out. I think we're going to wrap it up here. If you want to stay on top of our episode releases, see our very insightful show notes and things like that, you can go to our website, terranandrewverses.com. Uh, we've also got our Facebook group where we announce every episode as they are released. And uh, we're on Instagram. If you have any comments, you can send us an email at terranandrewverses at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we hope to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, someone else we hope to hear from, Boat, who allowed us to use their song lately off the album Setting the Paces. They are great. And they are great. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. Uh, we also want to strongly encourage you to find a way to support your local independent video stores. These stores are really kind of the, like the last places where people can go and find movies or TV shows without some corporation's weird algorithms getting in the way. Well, especially, you know, for video stores, because there are so few of them, their collections are just like becoming increasingly carefully curated. And so you're going to get a feel from that, from the, the breadth of movies that we've watched over the course of this podcast. Like, there's some weird shit that we would not have seen without, you know, Scarecrow being around. Totally. So, there's so much weird shit we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Yeah. So uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're done. We're t- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Scarecrow is definitely dependent on donations. And so if you are able to support them, either through renting stuff from them or, or just kicking them some money, you, you should... Definitely do so. Yeah, we love Scarecrow, and we want to see them continue to be here for many, 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 many years to come. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, that's it for this episode. So, until next time, catch catch you later, later, potato potato hags. hags.